Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe in me also. John 14, verse 1. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of our Deeply Rooted Faith podcast. And welcome to our new listeners. My name is Marge, and I'm just so excited to have you guys here with me. We simply exist to glorify the name of Jesus Christ and spread the gospel. So join us as we journey through what it actually means to be deeply rooted in him. So the message of encouragement that the Holy Spirit has for us this week is do not let your heart be troubled. So this past week, as I sat in the presence of the Lord, I began to think about some of the challenges, the obstacles, the difficulties that we all face as believers. And that oftentimes, if we're not careful, we can begin to lose heart. You know, finding ourselves succumbing to life's pressure. And at such time as this, how do we navigate through all the turmoils of this life? How do we navigate through the chaos? How do we navigate through that? So I literally asked God, Lord, what would you like to say to your people? And the Holy Spirit whispered, John 14. So here we are. I believe that the Holy Spirit has some words of encouragement for us. I am so excited for what God is doing in the lives of his people. To some, it may not look like it, but trust and believe that he is working on our behalf. He is for us. He is with us. God is truly raising up a remnant of bold faith believers, a people that are being called forth as a demonstrator of his invisible kingdom. I don't don't want to get ahead of myself. So our plan for today is to unravel these chapters and verses and bring forth the message of the Lord to the best of my ability and just go from there. So Holy Spirit, have your way. So our plan is to take a closer look at the ministry of Jesus Christ and some of the things that he endured here while he was on earth prior to his execution. Before we get started, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the manifestation of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for the open heaven over this place. We ask, Father, that you do a great work within us. Sanctify us by your truth, for your word is true. Let you just direct my steps by your word and let no inequity have dominion over me. And as I always say, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let's jump right into it. So like I previously mentioned, we will be focusing on Jesus's life and ministry. It was also dropped in my spirit to compare or to bring out some of the similarities of our current world and that of Jesus when he walked the earth. When we really think about it, it's truly uncanny. We'll be expounding on that a little bit more. I believe Jesus has some pointers for us. Holy Spirit, thank you for leading me into all truth. Please, please help me to speak your heart. If we were to take a look at our worldly system, 
we see a society that is saturated with self-centered, money-hungry, fame-seeking, power-seeking, approval-seeking, self-motives, false doctrine-teaching people. A people who lose their soul for the agenda of the enemy. To be quite honest with you guys, we have made an idolatry of things, seeking all things worldly instead of seeking the one who created all things. And for that, judgment has come upon the world. It's similar to that of Jesus foretelling about the judgment that was coming upon the Jews due to their apostate religion in their belief system. The teachers of the law, the Pharisees, the priests, and the scribes. The people within that generation cared more about what they looked like outwardly instead of the inward parts. They neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You know, outwardly, they looked like righteous people, but inwardly, they were full of hypocrisy, wickedness, self-indulgence, and greed. And that family is the current nature in which we are living. We are experiencing what it, mean, what it means to live in an apostate generation, the falling away from God, the falling away from sound doctrine. In this hour, the Lord is moving and shifting us into a place of looking more like him, which means our ideals will be challenged. Our very nature must align with his of how we ought to live this life by following the very patterns of Jesus Christ himself. So there's a, there's a story in the Bible about a young man asking Jesus, what must I do to enter the kingdom? As Jesus goes through the commandments that he must follow, he says to Jesus, all of these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go and sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Matthew 19 verse 21. So you see family, in order for us to be true followers of Christ, we must get rid of everything worldly and earthly about us. We can't follow Christ with a worldly mindset or perspective. That's why the Bible says in Colossians 3 verse 1 through 2, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on, on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Spirit has something to say. You know, most of us know that the inaugural message of Jesus' ministry was to announce the kingdom of God. To make way for the kingdom is at hand. A heavenly kingdom that made a way for us sinners to return back to God. 
In the first 13 chapters of John, we got to see what life was like with Jesus living in a fallen world as fully man and fully God. Here we have some of the things that Jesus experienced here on the earth. He was tempted by the enemy in the wilderness while fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Listen, y'all, I don't eat for a few hours and I and I just get hangry. <laughs> like, how many of you guys can actually can relate? Jesus, you are the real MVP. Thank you. <laughs> he was betrayed by one of his own, Judas. How many of us have been betrayed? He knew what it was like to be poor and homeless. Luke 9 verse 58 says that foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. This was a statement made by Jesus by a people who wanted to follow him. Why would he say that to them? Well, it's because Jesus knew that the pathway to true life is a narrowed gate. Many are called, but few are chosen. He knows how hard it is to be a true Christian. Jesus was conveying the uncertainty that could accompany one if they were to choose him. Jesus was functionally homeless. Like how many of us are thankful that we have a place to lay our heads? He was despised and rejected by men. He was sorrowful by humanity's rejection of God. Can you imagine the hurt and the pain of being rejected by the very people that you created? Jesus. He experienced the grieving of his friend Lazarus. Like how many of us can relate to that? You know, where we've had someone that we loved that passed away, a friend or a family member. He wept over Jerusalem, over their lost souls, over missed opportunities to save the people there. They didn't receive him. They would, in fact, kill him. And you don't think that Jesus knows what it's like to suffer? Jesus knows what it was like to suffer. Oh, listen, saints. Jesus understands us more than we will ever know. He understands our daily struggles, the challenges of living in a falling world yet never yielded to temptation or life's pressure. He was without sin. Jesus lived a very human life, facing every temptation that you and I face. And because of Jesus' experiences here on earth, he is able to identify with us more than we will ever know. The trials, the tribulations, the afflictions, the victories, the miracles, signs and wonders, you name it. Jesus experienced it all. So 
if Jesus went through all that, family, why, why would you or I, mere humans, be exempt from the trials and tribulations of life? So I began to ask the Lord, how do one not lose heart in this season? What is our role as Christians of this generation? Then the Lord began to unravel this chapter to its entirety. This chapter starts off with Jesus comforting his disciples because of their anxious thoughts due to his departure. Just imagine being solely dependent on someone, journeying through life for three years, listening to their teaching, seeing miracles, signs, and wonders, finding security in that person, placing your your hopes, your dreams, all your trust in that person. And all of a sudden, this person tells you that things are about to change and that life as you know it will never be the same. Because he was going somewhere that you couldn't go. How would you feel? I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to know that it is within our fears, our anxiety, our troubles, our brokenness, our unknown, that the Lord, our God, is exalted. It was in the midst of their unsureness, their anxious thoughts, that Jesus told them to not lose heart. He would be with them safeguard them he would make a place for them so when we take a deeper look into jesus's ministry and the things he did how he walked how he moved how he loved and how he frequently withdrew from the crowd to pray how he emphasized that his kingdom wasn't of this world and that his gaze was solely on his father's work the work of the kingdom how he operated on a different system, a different sphere, a different reality. He operated on, a, on the paradigm of an everlasting kingdom. Jesus is calling us to operate on a different reality. The reality of an everlasting kingdom. A revelation of a kingdom that needed to be manifested with authority and power. It became clear to me that Jesus didn't walk the earth to make us feel good. Because when we really look at his life, we can honestly say that he came and literally turned people's lives upside down. He challenged their religious belief system and what they cared about. He ate with sinners and tax collectors He healed people on Sabbath when it was lawful to do so. Jesus himself didn't fit the mold of whom they wanted to call king. He was called an agitator for preaching sound doctrine. The fact of the matter is, family, he wasn't kingly enough by the strict interpretation of their rules and regulations. They cared more about their rules instead of the preaching that would change their heart postures, such as love, forgiveness, and mercy. It's becoming clearer that our obligation as believers in Christ is the revealing of the kingdom of God to those who have been ensnared by speaking biblical truth 
even if it doesn't meet the approval of the culture. We are not free to pick and choose the parts we personally like. So what is the implication of this chapter? What is God trying to say to us? This is what the Lord says. The sovereign Lord is calling forth his people to rise to the faith and let not our hearts be troubled. Don't worry or surrender to your fear. Believe in Jesus, acknowledging him with absolute certainty that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him because the incarnation of Jesus in human form is God, is God himself for he is the word. Jesus is asking us to come up a little bit higher. We have to know whose we are, whom we serve, and whom we belong to, regardless of what our lives look like, regardless of our situations. There is a greater kingdom at hand, a kingdom was come to set us free, free from our minds, free from our limitations, free from everything keeping us bound. I've come to announce to the world, we cannot lose with Jesus. I repeat, we cannot lose with Jesus. For the word of the Lord says, the person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these because I go to be with my father. Meaning that since Jesus is no longer bound to a physical body, he can pour out his spirit upon us so his father can be glorified. Take heart, says the Lord. You have a friend in him, the Holy Spirit. He will set you free. He will teach you all truth. He will inspire you to remember every word that the Lord have told you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Those are your promises. Trust and cling to him. I know that many of us may be going through some difficult times. I am here to tell you that do not lose heart. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe and trust in God. Love in Jesus and he will empower you. We have to trust and apply the word of God over our circumstances. That's what Jesus did. John 14, 24 says, the Father did not send me to speak of my own revelation, but the words of my Father. Jesus was applying the word over every aspect of his life here on the earth. He did what he saw his Father do. So I repeat, apply the word of God over your circumstances in every aspect of your life. Our idea of who we are stems from who is our constant? What consumes you the most? Who do you run to in the midst of your troubles, in your anxiety? Who's your constant? Is Jesus the source of your strength? Is he the lens in which you look at life? Be careful in which lens you look at life. Listen, saints. God cannot be the source of our strength if the world is the source of our standard. Jesus is the standard. Say it with me. Jesus is the standard. 
how we ought to live as Christian in such a in such a world. As children of light, we ought to carry out the Lord's mission, just like Jesus did. We ought to suffer, just like Jesus did. Pick up our cross, just like he did. Count the cost, because there is a cost to following Jesus. We ought to proclaim liberty to those who are held captives. We ought to heal the sick. We ought to be the light of Christ. We ought to walk like him, talk like him, love like him, be like him. That is our inheritance as children of God, to manifest the invisible kingdom of God on the earth. It's okay to not fit the mold. We're not of this world. We're just living in it. I've come in the name of the resurrected Christ. And I've come to announce to the world that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. First Peter 5 verse 6 says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, Father God, you are good. You are awesome. You are mighty Father. You are gracious and righteous in all of your ways. Out of the depths of our soul, we cry out to you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that your mercy endures forever. We tap into the heavens. We call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our King. Father, we thank you that we are part of an everlasting kingdom. Your kingdom, Father, that was built upon a rock, a a kingdom, Lord, that will never be shaken. A kingdom that the gates of hell shall never prevail. We stand in one accord with you, Jesus, for you are our standard on how we ought to walk this life as believers. So we speak from the throne of heaven. So we speak with authority. We speak from the very core of who we are, children of the Most High God. We decree and declare in the name of Jesus Christ, because Father God, you've you've already decreed it. That your anxiety will not swallow you whole. Your worries will not swallow you whole. Everything coming up against you will not stand against the mighty army of the Lord. The enemy cannot stand against the word of God. For every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. So Lord, we ask you to deliver your people. Deliver them from their belief system. Give them the mind of Christ. We say, arise, children of God. 
We say, arise, children of God. We say, arise, children of God. We war in the spirit and we say, Jehovah Jabor, contend against those who contend against us. Let the wicked fall into their own nets. Let them be cast into the fire, into deep pits, Father, that they shall never rise up again, for they have taken a stand against your people. Let not a slanderer, Father, be established in the earth. We stand as one. We call upon the holy fire of God to invade every space, to invade every place. Everyone listening to this podcast, let let your fire, Father, let your fire consume your people so we can walk like you, talk like you, heal like you, be like you. Make us more like you, Jesus. Make us more like you, Jesus. Make us more like you, Jesus. For the kingdom of God is not about talks, but it's about power. Let the manifestation of who you are, Jesus Christ, manifest in the lives of your people. Father, we thank you for your consuming fire. We thank you for the full backing of heaven. We thank you for the fire of God that is in this place. We thank you, Lord, that you have sent your angels forth. We thank you, Lord, for your word. For We thank you, Father, that the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. So, Father, we give you all the praise. We give you all the praise, Lord. We give you all the praise, all the glory, because you deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve it. So, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So this concludes our episode for this week. In this week's episode, I had to take an assessment of what it actually meant for me to be a Christ follower. I had to ask myself, am I really committed to the things of God? It was like, Lord, kill every single thing in me that's killing the you in me. So my challenge for you guys this week is to ask yourselves, what is your level of commitment to the things of God? If we look at Jesus' life, he was fully committed to his father's work. He was all about his father's business. So family, if we're going to be kingdom influencers, we have to set our faces like flint. We can't be moved. We have to not let our hearts be troubled, but keep our eyes on things of heaven and not of earth. And truly, truly be about our father's business just like Jesus was. So I pray that we will stand like Jesus stood, persevere like Jesus persevered, and see the true manifestation of Jesus himself in every aspect of our lives. So the Spirit of the Lord is saying, take heart, for I have overcome the world. Do not be afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me also. So as I end today, I am reminded that the very essence of God is Jesus. And the very essence of Jesus is heaven. Because if we truly know Jesus, we get to experience the joys of heaven here on the earth. Do just like he did. Greater works that we will do also. Those are the words of God. Those are the words of Jesus Christ. So... Thank you, guys, for just rocking with Jesus and I. Thank you for continuing to support us. 
you know, so you guys can follow me or you can follow us actually because it's not me. You guys can follow us on Instagram at DRF Podcast. Remember, do not lose heart. Jesus is for you. He is with you. Love you guys. Be blessed. See y'all next time.